Hey, what's up, guys? This is Josiah, and welcome to another episode of Josiah's Voice, the podcast. I really hope you're enjoying season two. I know I am. In today's episode, I've invited my friends Mimi and Rocky Cousseau on to talk about their journey as entertainers, TV, and filmmakers. This episode is really cool in that it's broken up into three distinct parts, I think. In part one, you'll meet Mimi and Rocky. Mimi's a filmmaker from L.A. and Rocky's a comedian from Florida. And in part one, they talk about how they met and their love story and how they're the perfect partners in life and on film sets. In the second part, we talk about the three of us, the films that inspired us to become filmmakers, and also the importance of positive black imagery in art and in film. Finally, in part three, we talk about Rock the Mic Live, their show that's transitioned beautifully from uh, the live stage to going virtual on Instagram Live. Rock the Mic Live is the main reason I really wanted to bring them on to discuss how they've built a business in a production company as a couple from the ground up. Rock the Mic Live is a fun variety show that invites singers, comedians, and performing artists of all kinds on to perform live, and Rocky and Mimi host it together. I think you guys are really going to like this episode. Uh, It's very inspiring. We tell great stories, and uh, we also laugh a lot in this episode. I used to work with Mimi, so I think you're going to get a lot out of this one. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, I'm Mimi Cuso. And I'm Rocky Cuso. And you can catch us on the next episode of Josiah's Voice. Stay tuned. Very informative. You don't want to miss it. How's it going? Uh, Rocky, Mimi, thank you for being on Josiah's West podcast with me. It's been a while since I've seen you guys. Feels like it's been a year, but it's only been five or six months. It's <laughs> How almost are y'all half doing? a year, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> thank you for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. How, how are you guys uh, doing in, in quarantine? How y'all doing? We're doing, we're doing actually really good. Um, when it first started, I was like, whoo, I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I feel but I actually started working full time, so I've been very busy. Now that's um, good. You, you were saying off mic, you're a little it's essential. A nice flip flop because uh, just before that, Mimi was working full time, and I yeah. was working part time at the house. Right, and then it flipped. And then it I, flipped. Yeah, lost my job, and then he gained a job. <laughs> Isn't that weird how that happens? Yeah, you know? right. But it just goes to show that teamwork does make the dream work. So we're right. one, you know, we were able to balance each other out. That's great. Um, tell us, okay, let's tell us a little bit about yourselves. How long have you guys been married? How long have you been here in LA? And how, how long has the journey, journey been with filmmaking? The journey is fairly new for me as far as film-wise. Okay. But... Um, Five years, that she, seems she's, like a... She's underselling herself a bit. Um, <laughs> Tell the even truth, before Ryan. I met her, she had like put together a little TV show. She had her 
She even put her dad in it. Like, I was like, wow. Like, Mimi, Mimi's been doing stuff. There yeah. was one day when she just was cleaning out the closet. I mean, this girl had headshots, posters. She was on TV shows. <laughs> like, she, she's been in the game for a while. Um, but to be on the filming side, she she's always been very great at helping other helping other people try to get to their goals. Okay. And so I think the major change in which is probably what is giving her a little pause right now is the fact that now it's more towards her her vision and her goals. But she she's been helping people for ages. I think because it, it's it's easy for me to help people get started and like you know, I believe in people and I see the dream, I see the vision, and it's like I want to support, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's harder when it's yours, your your vision sometimes, because you're like trying to put it together. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not. And um for me, I think it's just was it took me a while to actually like really accept that I'm good at this. It took me a while to say that. And so that's the reason why I said it's fairly new mm-hmm. because I finally like started changing my verbiage. Maybe I would have said like, oh, years. I've been in film for years, but really it's fairly new for me because I'm just now accepting it. And film, so film is one thing in particular, but you know, so if you say entertainment, like she's okay. been, been in and around entertainment, entertainment for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from music to, to TV shows right. to- um, I have my own children album once I didn't know that. Yeah. Had distribution live, live Walmart, stream at Walmart, all kind of things. Yeah, for a little while. What? My girl yeah. got credits. She, she's got a song with uh, Brandy's dad. <laughs> Mr. Norwood. We wrote a song together with Andre, um, Andrea Lewis and um, Donald, I like Andrea Lewis. Donald, um, huh? I like Andrea Lewis. Yeah. Oh yeah, and um, XL, which we call him for um, XL Productions. Yeah. So. So she's a producer. So she she's been in the game. That's why, and she's I like this. Game. I like uh, this partnership. With myself, I mean, I'm a I'm a Florida native, but uh, unlike my wife, I, I have never been shy about uh, my accomplishments. Um, <laughs> I've been performing in front of people since like second grade, and okay. I mean it. So I knew very early on, because even in second grade, um, the fifth graders in my school were going to do the zombie dance routine from Thriller. Mm -hmm. And I just so happened to do a great Michael Jackson impersonation. So they let me do the intro to to Thriller, but I did both parts. I did Michael and the girl. (laughs) So I would hop from side to side doing both parts. And it's funny because you you know you don't really have to change the voice when you're doing Michael or a girl, right? You just <laughs> sure no, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see <laughs> you. Like the other guys, Michael, that's why I like you know. So that was second grade. I mean, and I so wow. I hit the ground running because um, even after that, because that was elementary school, my fall in elementary, we even now that I think back, we even had like a morning like news show. I was on that. Like, I mean, I, so from, from then on, I, I know I've been performing in some way, shape, or form. Wow. And, you know, one of my biggest claims to fame when I got to college, um, I got to host what was considered at the time the largest student-run pep rally in the world, Gator Growl. Wow. Uh, shout out to the University of Florida. Go Gators. <laughs> and um, so I got to host for Bill Cosby. Uh, he was the headliner. 
So that's back when you could say his name with great reverence. <laughs> yes. But oh, how things change. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but yeah, so when I got out to LA and I've, I've been out here to get back to a part of the question. Um, I've been out here, I guess about six years, six-ish years now. Okay. And um, so I brought that experience with me. I had started producing before I moved out here, uh, had always been performing a lot of improv, a lot of theater. And when I got here, I just knew that, um, I just knew those skills would translate. And with the stand-up, um, a lot of it, you kind of had to like earn your stage time. You had yeah, to, They do these bringer shows where you'll get stage time if you bring enough people and all of this stuff. So for okay. me, it was like, I learned very, and I did that for a while. But I said, all right, if I've got to work this hard to get stage time, it might as well be my own show. And, you know, we can get into that a little later, but that's what got me going. And then because my wife is so excellent at supporting other people's dreams, she's, she's helped me continue that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we can talk a little bit more about yeah. that later. Yeah, and uh, we've been married for three years. <laughs> yep, uh, February 9th. 2017. Wonderful. We had a, a nice Malibu beach wedding. I didn't know I was marrying a little Barbie doll. <laughs> Malibu. A little black Barbie doll. Y'all do it big. I like that. That's hey. great. And and I love y'all's energy. I love I because it, it you compliment each each other. Like I, I would see Thank that you. back in the studio when when Mimi and I would be would be working with putting the show together and then Rocky, you would come in. And you would take photos, you would ask great questions, and I could just see across the room. I could just kind of see just just the teamwork and how much you love each other and how much you like and enjoy each other and enjoy entertainment. Yeah. And create that like I, I can see that. Guys, I guys listening, it's it's palpable, I I I think. And even with how Mimi, you're a little bit more reserved. Rocky, you're a little bit more outgoing. I, I love how it, how it get, works together. Cause you're like, nah, hold on guys. Let me tell you about my wife, me pretending to be Rocky, right? Uh -huh. She's got these credits. She's done this music. Award-winning filmmaker. Yeah. You, you see, I had to do it right when we started. Cause she was like, oh, you know, five, <laughs> six years. Like, girl, nah, you've been, you've been hustling. You, you Stop need playing. that. You know, you but, need um, that. <laughs> and 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 that is the overwhelming chemistry that that we have but um you know we we have our challenges so you know we're not going to sit up here and paint a picture like mm -hmm. it's all rosy i mean even just but yesterday we almost broke up yesterday so hey like <laughs> <laughs> do tap now please. like you know, yeah, you know yeah. the Challenges. one the one thing we always do is keep it real but yeah. most especially we keep it real with each other but then that's what works for us because uh regardless of everything we've always made a commitment from the very beginning to be completely honest with each other yeah and it saved us. It's it saved us all three of these married years and all the, the year before that. Like, you know, so that's if, if there's a secret, that's our secret so far. Communication. Communication, being honest. Yeah. And in and, and, and in a way to where it's almost like 
you you can be vulnerable because normally you know we you you try to protect a certain amount of yourself or your yeah. heart or your feelings yeah but um i don't think we do that we nah, we're pretty open we lay it out on the table and it's like hey it is what it is either you accept it or not right but what i love is so far we've always continue to accept each other over whatever the other stuff is. Yeah. What I suggested was doing check-ins. Okay. And check-ins is like, if, if, you, if you say check-in, then that means that you have to be ready to hear what the person has to say, no matter what, if you like it or don't like it. So. So it's like our code word. Yeah. So if our you safe word. If, if you, you don't say it, then, you know, it means you're not ready. But if you say it, then that means you have to be ready to hear what the person has well, to say. Well, if the other if the other, other person, person says it, you yeah. gotta be completely honest. Like yeah. there's no, oh, I'm okay. No, 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 no. Check in. Yeah. All right. Well, this bothered me when you said that. Right. Okay. You're like now we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. But I think in and I think we've both learned from previous relationships, like um, it doesn't serve you well when you just try to save face or no, it doesn't really at keep all. the peace you know what i mean just right. like we yeah we yeah because my mother taught me like if you didn't have nothing to say don't say nothing at all and so i learned over the years that's not a it's not a good thing because you can hold your feelings inside and then eventually it can explode so um in this marriage i really practice and try to communicate my feelings Cause I, you know, I used to always keep it inside and don't mm -hmm. say anything. And then all of a sudden just like explode. And then you'd be like, where the hell is you? Wait a minute. Where's my sweet little wife? Right. No, that's, that's, that's good. I, in, I can attest to that as, as well. I'm still learning how to, uh, uh, last relationship I was in had to learn to not, had to learn to do what you're saying and not, be afraid to either say the wrong thing or, you know, I'd, I'd get into my head and I've, I'm learning to own that more because it doesn't, it didn't serve me and it didn't serve her either. And you also don't want to be too hard on yourself, which um, I think personally and also as artists, we might be able to talk about that. You might be able to relate. Sometimes we were perfectionists in our personal lives and in creativity and, um, I appreciate you guys saying that because that actually is, uh, I don't know about you guys listening, but that's actually uh, also very resonant for me too, to um, pursue a space where a check-in, like you said, someone says it, you know, here is a safe space, as you were saying, Rocky, where you can say what you need to say right. and it, 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 you anticipate the, the truth. You know, right. there, there's no breezing over it. And, um, Thank you for saying that. That's really that's really powerful and very yeah, very. Yeah, we don't keep it honest with folks, and and I think we need more of that, especially when we talk about optics and and just seeing seeing what real black love looks like, even well, just love in general. But um, I think it's always important for for black folks to see more of that imagery and hear more real stories, because if we're generally not controlling the media. Um, or like, you know, so that's what's so beautiful about the fact that we can have shows like this now. Mm -hmm. um, we can see more representations like that and not just these uh, reality type TV show mm -hmm. versions or right. just just relationships that look toxic. Um, yeah. You know, we, we need more examples of, of 
of real relationships that are 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 built on love and respect. Yeah, absolutely. I would say honesty, integrity. Because it's this, you know, it's the simple things like that that you you build your foundation on, or or should be the foundation. Because that's right. all. That's really all all you want, which you just said. And yeah. it, and it's important, especially like when you come out to a place like Hollywood, mm-hmm. where you know sometimes it can be about image and who yeah. you know yeah. and you know running in the right circles. And so, um, I honestly didn't think that I would find love in LA. Like I, I didn't even attempt. I I didn't. I I was here maybe like a year and a half, and I just I just decided not to date out here because I I heard so many horror stories. Okay. And for me, I was like, I'll just wait till I get back home and, and meet somebody down to earth. And then, you know, it was a chance meeting that we met through a mutual friend at a, at a party. And, um, and it, it, was, it was just a beautiful situation. Uh, a busy situation. Because uh, I was just there to have a good time. Once yep. again, that's, this was single rocking, just like... <laughs> And I found I felt like I finally found some people that were cool enough that I could kind of let my hair down, figuratively speaking. And um, so she met me in that moment where I was just like, life at a party, having a good time. And and it's funny because, well, you want to share what you said at that time when you saw me or met me? When I when I saw him, I was with my cousin, and I walked by him, and I was like, ooh, I can see myself in him. But I but I just kind of was like, nah, he'll get me in trouble. Cause he had Jack Daniels in his hand. Uh-oh. Like, uh, <laughs> Captain Captain Morgan, get it straight. Oh, Captain Morgan. They Uh-oh. said I was with the cap I was with Captain <laughs> and Morgan. <laughs> both both of them. <laughs> I'm done with y'all. Captain and Morgan. Yeah, she was and like, I Uh-oh. probably was I was probably sending you and your cousin some energy. But I cause I was just mm-hmm. having a good time. Cause I mm-hmm. finally got to a place in my life where I I wasn't gonna pick up I wasn't trying to pick up women. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was just like, I, I just, I wasn't going to date. So it took a lot of pressure off. And it, you know, just like, I can meet people as people and not like, oh, hey, yeah. let me get your number, da, 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 da. So when we met, um, and we danced for a little bit, and <laughs> you said something about, like, I would be a handful. Yeah. <laughs> and and I agreed with her. I was like, yeah, yeah. but uh, I said, uh, but, I, but I'm worth it. Yeah. So it worked out. I, I, I hopefully yes, I'm did. still worth it. Yeah, he worth it. Yes, because I, because uh, I, uh, guys, I had the pleasure of uh, being invited to uh, this past year's um, your Christmas party. Oh Rocky yeah, my Amy's cookie party, party. Uh, or yeah. a cookie party, excuse me. Yeah. And uh, and met met their friends and and their family, and uh, they had music going. There were games and and we're baking cookies for, little for the holidays. Little karaoke, and I got to see, you know, outside of work. Uh, and what I expected to see, you guys having fun, you guys uh, easy going with, with your friends, with with uh, with Mimi's dad, and it was just, yeah, I, I can attest to it. I, I can see it, and you guys just, you know, and, and it was before the pandemic, too, because everything hit different now. Everything's, right. and everything's right. extra uh, uh, precious now, you know, and, and that's fine. That's, I, I get it. That's totally, but, right. it was, but it's like, it's real, and it's... yeah. It is beautiful, and I and I love it. And what's and what's so great about that? Because um, you know, Mimi's always just done a great job of creating family wherever she's gone. 
Okay. And and that's I one see. of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she she's you know to back to the earlier question. Raised in LA or born in LA, but raised in Fresno. Okay. And moved back to LA, but everywhere she's gone, she's always kind of created family. And, and it showed on our wedding day because yeah. how, how many uh, people do you have in our bridal party? Um, 27. 27. <laughs> how many did I have? Uh, two. <laughs> That's literally the number I just thought. I said, watch this man had two. Wait, what? So I just, I let, I let her do her thing, man. I was like, oh, okay, hey. Because see, but I expected cool. you to have everybody. I didn't expect. Well, you know, it was like a dis. It was like a uh, a destination wedding for me. You know, okay. I'm a Floridian. Okay. But uh, you know, a couple of my people came through, and um, and I could have, you know, I could have had a lot of groomsmen, but I was like, what's the like, you know? That's cool. All I I've had a very best friend since I was like, oh my god, I don't know how, like five, five or yeah. six, and so feeling. it was like as long as that guy was there, I'm yeah, good. you were good. Um. And then I have a, a really good friend from college who's been one of my best friends here in, in LA. So though I had two best men, um, those were the two guys. But um, you know, it was just it was cool for me because I come from a big family mm -hmm. and I've also been adopted into a big family, like my best friend's family. I'm a part of his family. Okay. So to get here and for her to have created so much family just made my LA transition beautiful because it's like I've I've just had family everywhere. But I, I but I truly have a big family. My dad is the baby out of twelve kids. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, our, big family. Our biological yes. and then so it's a huge family. And then I have my my stepside, my stepdad family, they're big too. So it was like I so I have. So that's pop. That's life. who you know. As okay. Pop. That's okay. Hey, pop. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, he back here chilling. <laughs> that's good. No, I I love that because you you need that and you needed it before the pandemic. Um, back to oh, darn, I can't remember what you said, Mimi. The two things you said: honesty and something else. Integrity. Um, and integrity, because that's all. That's all you want. Like you think, whether it's Miami, L.A., New York, wherever you think. You got to be dripped out. You got to have all this status. You think you need to be high rolling. You think that's what's going to make make you happy. You think that's what, uh, what's going to make a successful relationship. And when I look at people like you, like you two, um, and then I also think of, of friends like back east, or I think of my parents. One thing that I I look forward to, should I be so fortunate, is to have what you guys. Are putting on display which is which is that honesty and that integrity and enjoying each other that's all you need because you look around and it's we're recording in the pandemic and there's um you know people mimi and i got got laid off and I know. and, and I different know. different which things so sad i know but 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 looking at we're making it work is it's that is so true of, and a lot of people um are are making it work and yeah. you two got a smile on your face. It's, it's I'm sure it's tough. That's yeah, and shout out to day. Claudia Jordan and and yes. uh, Mike, Mike Hill, Mike Hill, Tammy Mack, Dr. Sean. yeah. And those first two, they've been they've been uh, looking out for us. And Dr. Sean. These Dr. last these last few few months. So that's good. We've been keeping in in contact with folk. But you know the main thing too with what you're talking about 
what really helped us, I think, is we both kind of got to a place in our single lives where we made sure we were we were good and like we worked on ourselves individually. <laughs> let me focus on me. Let me re and and it, so it was great to move to the other side of the country because I could leave all of that there and just focus on myself and and you know checking in with my spirituality and and just getting settled and grounded. And so, and to stop looking. So, you know, she popped up in that moment where it's like, oh, I'm not looking for you and here you mm -hmm. are. And it was weird because I was like, it, it, she, she came in as such a breath of fresh air. I was like, where you been this whole year and a half? Like, <laughs> man. I think, well, I know we both were in the same place. So I was kind of in the same place where I was okay by myself. And I really wasn't looking during that time when I saw him when I met him, you know, so it just kind of happened that we were both in the perfect place mm -hmm. in our lives to accept love, you know, that's what I would say. That's just, great. Yeah. You that's have to first be okay with yourself. Cause I think sometimes people are not okay with themselves. Yeah. They're looking they're for stuff. So busy. They're so quick to get in a relationship. So sometimes you just got to be okay with yourself. If you're okay to be alone by yourself, then I, then you know things will come when you want to be in that relationship it's That's like right. some people are looking for that other person to fill in that thing that they're they're lacking or missing right but been only there. you can do yeah. that you know you, you have it's, to be it's not even happy fair. with yourself because nobody else can make you happy yeah it's right. not fair to try to put that on that other person they can add to it yeah but you really have to be happy with yourself yeah i've done that myself and it blew up in my face and I had to take responsibility. I was like, yeah, you you should have invested more time in what you cared about, your sign, what you were looking for. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't fair to her to put all that on there. And then when she acts a certain way, then you surprise and then you can't handle it. And then you're fighting and then you're not seeing eye to eye. It starts with you. And, and likewise, you know, in, in her life, it starts with, because you both said you both had to invest in yourselves and you right. had to take time right. off if that's what you needed right. to do or what and I can yeah, attest because, that. Because before Rocky had came in the picture, I was like really um, healing from okay. my um, biological dad, like learning how to uh, forgive. And I remember writing a letter to him because I was like, in order for me to like love the next man, I'm gonna have to forgive my dad, you know? And so as, yeah. a, as a woman, it was like, you know, you look up to your dad, but then you want to be able to to move on so you can have a better relationship. Because sometimes the things that have happened in a relationship, either in the past or with your your parent, can follow you in the relationship. You know, yeah. so I had to learn how to forgive and let go. That was very hard. Forgive and let go. That was the hardest thing to do. Was just let go and. Once I let go, then it, I was able to like really focus on me and be able to like put love back on on, on my heart, be able to put um, bring confidence back into you know on myself to so I can believe in myself and just really um, see all the great qualities in myself and know that I was a ruby mm. because you know before I didn't think I was ruby. But I had to like really see myself as a ruby because a ruby is very valuable. And so when you see yourself as being valuable, 
then it doesn't matter who comes along that you'll be able to know if that person is right for you because if you value yourself and you value um, the things in your life, then you won't accept certain things and you'll be able to know, like see those red flags. But if, if I wasn't looking at myself as a Ruby, then I would just take anything because I would, you know, not value myself enough. So I would just take any type of guy, you know? So I had to really get to that place of like seeing myself as a Ruby. Once I got there, yeah, I was I was in a good place. So when I met Rocky, it was, all I was like I was I was a Ruby, you know. And what's crazy <laughs> is without knowing any of that background, like the first weekend we hung out, and I don't know what put that on my heart to say it, but I I told her, um, I'll restore your faith in men. Now that's being challenged every, uh, <laughs> every year, <laughs> but and I don't and I've never said anything like that before, and I don't I didn't know where it came from at the time, but apparently she needed to hear it. And I needed to say it. I needed to hear myself say it and believe it. Mm-hmm. And and sure enough, because the other interesting thing with us is we we're both the type of personalities that are that do well as individuals. Okay. Like happily, you know, people say, yeah. um, "What's that phrase?" You're happily um, by yourself or alone or no. I could be miserable no, all by all myself, myself. Mm-hmm. but. I always said I, I could be, be happy, happy all by myself. myself. Like I've always lived a charmed life. <laughs> and so if you're not going to add to that, we need yeah. not waste each other's time because I know I'm, I know I'm good. <laughs> and so that's, what's interesting with us even now, because there's always this thing in the back. Or I don't even know if it's the back of our minds or the front, but we always know like, Hey, if it if it end tomorrow, we both could be good. Yeah, it, it'll Pretty hurt, much. but you know, even though I love you, even though we love each other, like hey, <laughs> so it, it it just reminds us that we have to work at it and not like take it for granted, mm-hmm. um, because we know like we'll we'll go we'll, we'll go on. Yeah, but it so it's like it's learning to like love with an open hand instead yeah. of like you know some people Close try to fist. love like this like they yeah. hold on to it so tight that they strangle it. But we both right now have been loving with open hands and and sometimes they you know they fly off but they come back. You know, it's like a little butterfly and like okay, she's back. Okay. Like, you know, it's just and it's like this they, delicate thing and, and we treat it as such. And if you love something, you let it go. Yeah. If it was meant for you, it'll it'll come back as they say. I know it, it sounds cliched, but uh, it sounds like you two it sounds like you two live it and we live uh, it. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, although with one caveat, because the one time I tried to let her go, I had to let her know, oh, well, that don't mean you can take my car when you leave. You, don't, <laughs> you can go, but uh, leave, you the, leave the, the car. car. <laughs> leave the car. I, I, I love that. Um, how do you, I, then I, I got to ask this, because you were mentioning this earlier. Do you have a, a, a favorite romantic comedy? Excuse me, a favorite romantic movie? Romantic movie? Yeah. If not, it's okay because you're living the real thing now. I mean, I I love coming to America, so that's yeah. like one of my favorite yeah. Movies. Like you can't <laughs> get no better than that. I love coming to America. I don't label that as one of my favorite romantic movies. Sure, but uh, for romance, I'm gonna go no- the Notebook. The oh notebook? yeah, right. the Notebook. All right. Yeah, because if she's a bird, I'm a bird. Yeah. Are y'all excited <laughs> for uh, coming to America too? I, I heard good things. I am. Yeah, I'm I, yeah, sure, absolutely. I definitely am. 
Because sometimes I feel like, you know, when people start messing with the originals, I'm like, ah. I feel the same way sometimes. But I've so been we'll, we'll thoroughly see. impressed when people reprise roles and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like, in it, like after, like, Heath Ledger's Joker, I was like, oh, right. nobody should touch Joker again. But right. then Joker was good. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I, I don't hold Joaquin so strongly yeah. to those things, you know, people can, yeah. you know, I, I give the, I stay open. You stay in relationships and in, and in movies as and well. And in movies. So, but also with movies too, I will say one of mine is, um, and I don't even know if it could be labeled a, a romantic comedy, a like romantic movie, but I love me some of the color purple. <laughs> I haven't seen that in years. I, I did really like the book um, a lot. Um, I love the book and the movie. I took three movies to college with me, VHS, telling my age. It was Coming to America, I believe, uh, The Color Purple, and Lion King. So Lion King is also one of my favorite romantic movies. (laughs) Lion King is one of my favorite. Lion King. Oh, Nala, come on, man. Can you feel the love today? Mufasa and Sarabi, come on, man. You talking about, because you couldn't tell me that wasn't black love. Like, come on. Exactly. James Earl Jones. You knew. Let me see. What's mine? Uh, I love. I, I like Hitch. I really. I love that one. Okay, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Something new with uh, okay. Simon Baker Jack and Sanaa Lathan. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking. Uh, yeah, that was. Um, and uh, brown love sugar. Love basketball. Brown sugar. Brown sugar. <laughs> brown sugar. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, love yeah, Brown sugar. Too. Love Jones. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, love, love Jones. I saw Love Jones uh, uh, very late, but when I finally saw it, I was like, "Dang!" Because you gotta be careful with hype. You gotta yeah. be careful, because then I get excited, and I'm like, "But what if this not? What if this not as legendary? What if y'all are just making this?" And then I saw it, and I was like, from the story to the chemistry, Nia and um, Lorenz, the cinematography. Just there were so many things about. It. I was like. This feels different, and I'm mm-hmm. glad I saw this. This is this is epic. So let me. Uh, so I'll say with the color purple though, uh, one of the relationships that I really liked was between uh, Sophia and Buster, the boxer. I can't remember. I remember Sophia, but I'm not remembering Buster. It's one been of the years best lines from Buster was, "I don't fight my woman's battles. My job is to <laughs> love her and take her where she wants to go." He was the probably the most positive male figure in that right. whole movie yes he was because <laughs> there was some rough characters in there yeah but um i love that that, that, that quote. Was, that's one of my favorites though mm-hmm. i love that okay mm-hmm. here so i'm gonna ask you both this i'm gonna go ladies first unless mimi you want to uh, hand it off to rocky did you always want to make movies or be in entertainment and what movie if any inspired you to get into movie making I think I always wanted to just do anything in entertainment. Okay. So that always was there. Um, I would say, hmm. Oh, Malcolm X. Hmm. That that was that's the a movie. good one. That it. When you look at it and you watch it without sound, it's so beautiful. Like the 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 pictures. The um, the angles, the color is 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 the the actors like the features like the close ups like everything is just like so incredibly amazing. It's like if you can watch a movie without sound and you and you still are 
you know, impacted by it, it's like you've done your job, you know? And so Malcolm X was one of the movies that just did something for me. And that's where I kind of started following um, Spike Lee and just kind of having a curiosity of like how that works, you know? Yeah. What about you, Rob? I'm just curious, like, what was wrong with your TV that you didn't have sound? Or why was you? <laughs> no, I just, no, because I took a class and the uh, teacher had told us to um, watch without sound. Watch a few movies without sound. Mm. Yeah. And then, then it was like at the end of the semester, like, so like one of the movies, I, um, we had to watch one movie by ourselves. And then the other day, we watched a few movies in class without sound. And so we watched, the whole like Jason, it was like one of the Jason movies without sound. And I mean, it was like the most funniest thing, like watching the movie without <laughs> yeah. sound, you know? I mean, we had such a blast in that class. But then the end of the year, we watched it again and we watched it with the lights out and the sound, oh my goodness, it was like so scary. And it was, so then we had to like do a compare and you know contrast about the difference of sound, how it affects, the mind and stuff like that. So I think yeah. I have that same uh, assignment, or maybe it wasn't assignment, but I think m- one of my classes did the same thing. I don't remember what the movie was, mm-hmm. but I do remember the standout being just studying the film with right. and without sound and the effect that it has on you. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What about mm-hmm. you, Rocky? So for me, you know, like I said, uh, performance since I was a kid, yep. but, and I got it naturally. Like my 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 dad's side of the family, all oh, funny man. So it was really even before mm-hmm. then. I mean, it was just like my grandmother's living room was like the Apollo, and it's like <laughs> making the family laugh. And um, so for me, the movie that really probably there was a couple of different things for me, but coming to America was really big just to see all those, sure. those beautiful black images. Yeah, and it was actually one of the more positive. It was the first time I'd seen positive images of Africans, even if it was fictitious, because, and I found out later in life why that was, like everything, every image that I'd been shown of Africa and Africans had always been negative. That's right. Uh, Whether it was like Sally Struthers with kids with distended bellies or stories of genocide and just all of these horrible images. And so it just really reminded me of later in life, how important it is who who's controlling the story right and and who's who's showing the images and you know who's in control of that stuff right um but to see so as a comedian to see Eddie Murphy playing and Arsenio Hall playing all these yeah. different characters i mean that was just phenomenal but then also too um when i first moved out to LA my one of my blueprints was kind of uh, Robert Townsend mm mm for him, for me, like watching him do Partners in Crime, so it was like, you can be a comedian, but you could also be the one who puts the show together and find all the funny people and and, and produce a show, right? And then you could also then produce a movie, mm-hmm. right? So between like him, so it was like Eddie Murphy, Robert Townsend, and Keenan Ivory Wayans to watch these guys like create the stuff, but then also be in it. Yeah. So between those three, I was like, oh, okay, that's my blueprint. Yeah, they were kind of like, 
jack of all trades or or auteur. They just auteurs. They they had their hands in everything. They were in front of the camera. They were behind it. They were they were writing. They the the ideas were coming out of their own minds, and they were bouncing off of each other. And it's just yeah, it sounds really rich. And it showed you. It showed us that we could do well everything. We could do. We could do all. And they worked a lot. To, you know, they they worked a lot together. Like even with Keenan and, and and Eddie. But you know, the thing too for me was like, I had no. Even though I was coming out to Hollywood and L.A., I had no desire to like go on a thousand auditions trying to allow somebody to to give me the okay to to do what I wanted to do. So for me, it was just like just create it. And I, and I was doing that back in Tampa. I created a series called Todd the Zombie Looking for Love. <laughs> and um, so I started in it and I had a, a producing partner who handled the technical side. And so, and that was working great until he decided to switch gears. And so once I moved to LA, it was like, you know what? Let me, and because my wife has started taking classes at Los Angeles City College, which mm. has a phenomenal Film and, film and TV program, also endowed by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Um, once I saw her kind of doing it, uh, I said, okay, because I didn't, I didn't like that scenario where my project stopped because my technical partner didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me get the skills to allow me to create when I, when I want to create and, 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 you know, and not have to ask someone if I could star in it. Like, right. I'll make myself the star of it. Right. But I don't always have to be the star. And, and I like that. Um, but I still want to be, I want to have some say. I've yeah. always wanted to have some say. And um, and so, yeah, that's that was the blueprint I came with. And, and having those three role models, watching them manage their careers to create opportunities for themselves that became classic. So for me, it was like, man, if I could just make a few black classics, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I didn't even need like mainstream media. Like, <laughs> you know, sure. You look yeah. at a Friday, you look at a like a boomerang, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've crossed over now. But even if they were just still hood classics, they were classics. <laughs> and and they resonated with your friends and family yeah. Yeah, in, in the black the community. And, right. And house party. And yeah, we it meant and it meant something it meant something to us and it, it it did it didn't have to be not that we didn't want it to be but to your point about like it didn't have to be mainstream or i'm sort of mm-hmm. changing right. sort of what you Same said thing, you mentioned like mainstream. View, def jam all yeah. of that because it was all a mixture for me and to see the people that i wanted to be able to like be in that world yeah and and i've come out here and been able to be a part of that world. I've been able to meet these people. Actually, I was meeting a lot of them while I was still in Tampa. Shout out to my sister, Uisa, because she started producing comedy shows while I was in high school. So, you know, I was meeting these folks like 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago. But it just felt like the most natural um, transition to be here in the mix of things. And that was the main reason to move because I was still performing in Tampa but I felt like I was in a place where entertainment was part-time. Sure. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like I did a stage play I from the that. time I auditioned to the time we ran it, it was nine months. And I was right. just like, man, that's a lot of time. I was just like, for a weekend run, right? Yeah. All that work. So I was just like, I-, I need to be where they do this stuff full time. 
and make a living out of it, not like, oh, we're going to do it after work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I got out here, man, to, to be in the mix. And what was so interesting about when we met, it was probably a week or two in before we even knew what the other person did. Yeah. We were so fixated on just each other. Yeah. It, like, it was like a week and a half. I was like, you know, I don't even know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh, while you, were an- you guys were answering, I was like, oh, how would I answer that? And two people came to mind. I, I didn't always want to make movies. I definitely always liked stories. I was a big bookworm, still a big reader now. Um, I always wanted to write books, and I wrote a book with, with my dad and working on some stuff now. Mm-hmm. And it, I just, because I'm an introvert, I always just loved being either in my room or in an office or at the park or at the beach, just myself and the laptop or myself and the page. Like that's maybe in that Tarantino kind of way of where uh-huh. I've heard him say like, it's just me and the page. That's, that, that would happen to be what I like. And that brings to mind Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just his story of everything that he overcame, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and just his, he didn't put it this way, but like his love affair with the pen and paper and writing about what he overcame and how he got over and the characters and the people how that helped to come to life and that helped him or that he, he, or that hindered him and just how he didn't give up. And I just, and then to, to go from, um, theater like that because I didn't know a, a lot a lot about theater um uh, initially later I'd learned about um you know August Wilson and um icons like that but just to see him in our generation putting his stories on the stage like that and then to translate that to film I was like wait you can do that you can write stage plays and then you can dare to be in movies and then, and then now he's making TV shows and he's got a studio, the, the, the most successful or the, the biggest, richest studio now. I mean, dwarfing Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, like that, I think from an entertainment, but, but definitely because he's also a writer um, and a storyteller, I just remember that feeling of just like being being in awe of his imagination. And to also take it back to what you were saying, Mimi, or both of you about family and love. A lot of my cousins and, and my aunts and, and we watch his stage plays on DVD and the, and the music. And I just- The bootleg or did you buy them? Uh, they bought them. No, they- they <laughs> no, a they bought bootlegs them. going around. They, they no, bought the you bootlegs. Not, you're not lying. No, no, you, you, you're not lying. No, no, they, they bought them. Um, and and uh, the special features um, about his, the interviews of him mm-hmm. and his cast members and the costuming. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and that leads me to like uh, the Lord of the Rings. I think for a lot of people, the Lord of the Rings and seeing, I mentioned the behind the scenes of Tyler Perry stage plays, the behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings DVDs. I think just seeing the magic happen. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that also with Peter Jackson. Oh, you know what? You're, you, yeah. Wait, what is the Lord of the Rings? Something on H- HBO used to do this thing I, where they used to have like before they show, I think it was before they show the show or after. I don't know if it was before or after. after. Yeah, they would show the movie and then right after the movie was over, they would do the behind the scenes. like sh- like, And it would be like a full hour showing you how 
they created this movie and i remember watching you know the the after the after um, mm -hmm. after the movie i would watch the you know behind the scenes so i i think that too also planted a seed you know especially yeah. i don't know if they do that anymore but i remember hbo used to do that a lot with, the with movie. shows but now they, they made shows out of yeah. the after the after part exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah like insecure or westworld or yeah Game of Thrones. But you know, and, and that was big, just even with uh, DVDs, like the director's yeah. cuts and, and listening to the director talk you through. Yeah, the movies. The movie, yeah. I mean, yeah. those are phenomenal. But the main thing for me with Tyler especially was just the ownership. He, you know, he made sure he owned mm -hmm. all of his work, mm -hmm. which is why he's been able to have as much success as he has now, because he learned that lesson very early on. And when yes, we look did. at a lot of our entertainers who, later in life lost a lot of money is because they gave up so much ownership or didn't know any better or they didn't know yeah but um you know just signing just crappy deals or whatever but uh another person that i have to pay homage to is is dr cosby for sure mm -hmm. um because that's another person who really started to own take ownership mm -hmm. but then also creative control mm -hmm. so when you look back at all the cartoons he started creating mm -hmm. back in the day all the way up and you read the credits you'll see like he always had a lot of, of that creative control and a lot of ownership in those products and they were phenomenal i mean the cosby show by itself yeah then to add a different world to yeah. that i mean i could i know the cultural difference it made in the community like how many black kids wanted to go to college after they saw a different world you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. so i can't and and just the beauty of seeing two black professionals in love yeah a doctor and you a lawyer it. like mm -hmm. and once again i go back to that 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 concept of how powerful these images are and, and if we get to control the images because originally you know like I think the, the original storyline, they wanted him to be like a blue collar, like he was going to be a plumber and she was going to be a teacher okay. or something. And can you imagine how that would have changed the whole landscape? Yeah, dramatically, <laughs> dramatically because, I mean, changed. Because of how he did it, he became America's dad. Yeah. Um, especially when you think about like, I mean, you know, we had good times, we yeah, had, just which were great that. shows, but they always were showing us in a light where it was just like this struggle right mm -hmm. like they never were able to really make it out of the projects right even when yeah. michael got the football contract and they were about <laughs> to make it out, still boom yeah like james died and then the football contract was gone so it's like it's something psychological when they keep showing us never being able to quite make it you know it it, it does it's, it's 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 heavy in the psychological yeah but, um, but that being said, shout out to the Jeffersons too, because that was one that did yeah. let us see uh, yep. see some black folk moving on up. <laughs> exactly, and and even to now with like you know Black Panther, you know God rest you know Chadwick Boseman and phenomenal. Um, just just seeing those um those images, and also like you go on YouTube, you'll see Coogler and everyone in the uh, I'm I'm sorry I'm forgetting her name right now, but the award winning um if I remember correctly costume designer and how that she's oh, yeah. changing I the game. Um, you are I'm sorry I forgot her name. Um, how Issa Rae and her team, um, I'm forgetting her oh, absolutely, uh, lighting, and how they're lighting us. Like people are like, 
you watch Insecure, you, you, we, that's how you light us. Like, that, like, that's it. Like, so you have no excuse now. On any show, in any movie, that's how you, 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 you glorify this skin right here. And, and just seeing... And, and Black Panther... Go ahead. Yeah. And Black Panther is so powerful, man. Um, because, you know, well, we might be a little older than you, but it's like growing up in the 80s and because of not controlling these images and, and being shown all these negative images of Africa and Africans... Like I said, that's why coming to America was powerful because when I got to college, I had an opportunity to study abroad. And so um, I, there were two countries I had in mind. One was Paris because I have a French last name. So I was like, let mm -hmm. me go see what this last name is about, right? right, right. And then the second was, um, then uh, they presented Brazil to me. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting because once again, single Rocky used to like the party. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, yeah, I want to be anywhere where the people like the party. And I remember telling a professor, uh, oh, they've got the largest descendants of African, African descendants outside of Africa. And she was like, why not just go to Africa? Now, mind you, she was an Africana studies professor. Okay. And, and I had to sit with that for a minute. And what I realized is what I shared with you earlier. I had never to that moment in my life been shown a positive image of, of Africa or Africans. And so when you think about the 80s, I mean, we were calling people... African booty scratches. It was just it all this negative imagery, but that it had been socialized into us, you know? And so to see those beautiful black faces on that screen for Black Panther, I mean, it's like if you, you uplift the profile of black people like that, you, you do it across the diaspora when you do it. Yes. And so that movie was more powerful than I can ever imagine. And I, I'm a, I work as a mentor. And I remember we took the kids several times. Like that's one of those movies I can't even believe I went and paid to see several times. But I was like, <laughs> I was determined for all these kids to see this imagery yeah. and for them to also be able to see, you know, Barack Obama and just, uh, just more positive black images, you know? Yeah. Um, before I get into, uh, before we get into rock the mic, I gotta, I gotta co-sign that because um I was talking to my family, um, you know, and, and I'd been seeing, um, like, um, I'm forgetting the show where the, the guy, the, the, uh, black guy, like talks to different celebrities and they look into their ancestry. Um, I'm forgetting the name mm. of the show right now. Louis, Louis Gates. Yeah, there we go. Um, and also, and then looking at, I've been looking at stuff on YouTube about, um, different countries in, in Africa and seeing, seeing development and, I too was thinking, dang, they really didn't want us to see any of this positivity. All you've seen is corruption, disease, so much violence. There's so much more on that continent. No, there's so, so much more. And I also thought about this movie. Um, I did an episode about it. Um, Sella and the Spades on Amazon, primed by um, Teresha Poe, I believe. And that, that's like a psychological drama and it's um, with black kids at the center at a private school. And one thing that stood out to me about the movie and was expounded on in interviews, and this is why I'm thinking about it now, it's a psychological drama. So there's intrigue and chess pieces and things being, you know, moved. You know, these are kids of wealthy people, but with black kids at the center. 
Um, Jerome Jarrell is in the movie, and uh, I believe her name is L- Lovey. I'm going to get it wrong. She's from Greenleaf. She's the main character. She's Sella. And the movie was about watching Black kids navigate a world where they weren't defined by Black trauma. Mm. And I'd never heard of that, but I knew I'd been looking for it. And it just, there's just something about that movie and about those interviews with the director. And and it comes to mind because we're talking about the positivity or the internalized um, Black trauma, where sometimes I would feel like, yeah, are we ever going to get out? You know, as you were talking about, you know, good times and things. Will the characters Mm -hmm, ever mm -hmm. transcend? And how important that is to see Black Panther and to see Black, Black love on screen and things like that because those are serious questions and things that we're all yearning, uh, that we're all yearning to see, because we see it, we are seeing it in real life and we want to see it in, in our art. Well, that's, yeah, that's why there is so much self-hatred because we've, we've only grown up watching images of these other groups, these other cultures, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas, Falcon Crest, whatever the show, um, you know, we see them all living the the high life, but, not like we be- like like we belong there. Yeah. So now we got to get into rock the mic. What inspired and, and the des- costume designer's name is Ruth Carter. There we go, Ruth Carter. Thank you, Ruth. We love you. It's, I can't wait to see what she does next because it's just it's next level. The costuming, the hair. It was it was it was next level. What what she did. Thank you for looking that up. What inspired rock the mic live? Well, for me, like I said, I, you know, I was doing stuff before I got here. And um, so I have to give a special shout out to Cleo King, uh, a wonderful actress, singer. Um, she was running a room called Cleo King's Open Mic. Mm-hmm. And when I visited that room, the energy was just so nice. The, it was just a great sense of community. I mean, I proposed to my wife there. Like, what? it's a phenomenal room. Okay. And nice. I told her if she ever stopped, I would, I would, you know, keep it going. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, she decided to, to stop or put it on pause. And, and I kept it going. It was a Thursday night show. And um, then the owner also had another theater and he told me about the other theater. So we moved it over there. But um, that was the start of it. Cause like, once again, for me, I've always had an entrepreneurial background okay. and um and like I said, if I had to work that hard just to get like five minutes of stage time, I was like, it might as well just be my show. And so that's what I did. And, and then, like I said, my lovely wife came in and does what she does because she's so great at, once again, building community. Um, and she al- always has the those finer touches that I might not necessarily have um, to make sure everybody's good and make sure, you know, she's very accommodating. And so while I which frees me up to just go be my zany self on stage. And so, yeah, that's, that's how it uh, came to be. What's it like um, running that together and inviting all these different talents and all these other different comedians and that, and that cultivating that energy? Cause you do it, you did it on stage and then coronavirus happened and now we get to watch you. I've seen a few on Instagram live, been a, um, just seeing the different singers, the different comedians, just, and it's just like, y'all just are people, you're creative people and you're people, but what is, what's that like doing that together? 
Well, thankfully, technology allowed us to not have to miss a beat because I don't think we right. missed the show. We we went straight straight into video, uh, yeah. you know, straight straight live to Instagram. So um, for us, learning to work together has been a, a a journey. It's been a process. Yes, it has been a journey. Just because and is um, I see things differently compared to how he sees it, and um, I. I think in the beginning when we when we were doing it at the stage, I just was like do, doing the music, you know, just helping out doing the music okay. at the um, theater. So I would be the DJ basically, and okay. that was really cool. And I was a greeter or whatever. But I, I I think since we've been virtual, I've had more of my hands on it more than ever, right? Well, you had you had hands on more then too, because then she would like. She would want to make sure that she kept in touch with people, start like building an email list and making sure that we could build a network and a connection with with folks. And so it's been great. Um, you know, one I've of the been things learning how to I think is helping us grow as individuals because sometimes we disagree and then we agree. Sure. You know, like sometimes I'm like, no, we shouldn't do it that way. And he's like, no, but this is my show, you know. <laughs> Well, we, we, I'm, I'm always big on compromise. So you have to learn what, what each other's personalities are. I, I like to compromise and find the middle. Sometimes Mimi is all or nothing. Yeah, pretty much. So with her, I always have to try to help the two of us find wherever that is. There's got to be a middle in there somewhere, Mimi. No, it's this. Not Mimi, there's got to be something in the middle. So for us learning to work together, um, part of it, the biggest part is being, the biggest helpful part is being, knowing what roles we're playing when we're supporting each other. Because mm -hmm. when you get two chiefs in the kitchen or two chefs in the kitchen, you we know, <laughs> we can bump heads. But if we know this is what I need you to do or this is what you need me to do, okay, we know our roles because we both are excellent role players, okay. but we're also leaders. So when we do need to step up, we both can in whatever area, even, and it's surprisingly, like she's been able to, to jump in and co-host and do stuff that she didn't used to do before. She, she, okay. she tried to get her to host one night. It was a whole thing. But now, <laughs> you know, to watch us on live, you would think she's been doing it, you know, the whole time. But, you know, so that's what really helps us is, defining our roles and kind of knowing how to support each other and asking, you know, how can I support you? I mean, it, it, even this morning before she left the house, well, you know, what do you need? What can I help you with? And she was like, Oh, I got it. And I was like, thank goodness. Cause I, I didn't want to get up, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I guess it was this afternoon, yeah. but, Keep it honest. but we both know and we can rest assured that we know when we need the person they're going to be there for us. That's good because um, sometimes couples or friends, you know, you can't, maybe you couldn't live together and you can't work together. Like maybe you need to do things separate. So that's cool how you, be it virtual or live, you were able to kind of like. We've gone through, we've gone through different phases. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you I, sharpen I think each other. Dealing with this COVID, right. I think dealing ever since the COVID you know, situation, I think has brought us together as business partners, like working together, learning how to okay. work together, you know, 
Yeah. Because we had to learn more about what what the other person really wanted or needed. Like very early on in our relationship, I saw that we had a, you know, a few items to collectively, like she had a camera, I had this and that. I was like, let's start a production company and we could get paid to use our equipment. But what I had to realize is that wasn't her vision at that time because she was more interested in just working on the projects that she would like, that she had a connection to. Yeah. Right. Whereas I was like, but if we use the equipment that we have, that can help us pay for the passion projects. And so it was always about like talking it out to figure out what the other person wanted or needed. Mm-hmm. And then, and then going from there, because, and then, because sometimes with us, we might not see eye to eye initially, but then somehow it kind of comes back around and we're like, oh, it worked out anyway. Right. What's your favorite part about Rock the Mic? Right, rock the mic live. Um, I would say the people, the community. You know, the people. They're 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 supportive. They're loving. They're fun. They're talented. You know, they're brave. Because to go like to get in front of people or just to get um, come on live to perform something that you know for the world to hear takes a whole lot of guts to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's the people, you know, they come with energy and, and love. And I just love it. That's, that's the best part, I think, about Rock the Mic Live, you know. I love that as well. But the performer in me loves to just be on that stage. And mm-hmm. so for me, you know, I come from a strong improv background. So I okay. like stand-up. But not like I want to be a stand-up comedian. Like, I, I need you to know me as this stand-up comedian, Kevin Hart, Eddie Murphy. Like, eh, maybe. I, and, I, and I'll probably produce a, a stand-up special, but I would rather, I more enjoy that real, real-time, in-the-moment kind of like interacting with the people yeah. and seeing where my thoughts are going to take me. I, I prefer that. So hosting, for me, uh, it's, okay. it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> That you know, if you're like, okay, you got five minutes, go be funny. Then it's like, uh, uh, okay, uh, you know. But when you're just like, hey, go talk to the people. Oh, give me the mic. Yeah, hey, what's going on? Hey, what you got on? You know, like, and not even like in a way to where I'm picking on people because I don't, I don't like to pick on people. Because um, there have been comedians that I, I didn't care for that that do that kind of humor. But um, I just love, I just love that interaction because you'll know. I'm I'm making this up now because we've all just witnessed it. Like if if an act just went off and we're talking about it and we're sharing about it, this just happened. And and so I know people can feel like the authenticity of that moment. You know. Yeah. So like that. Wow, that's cool. I I didn't expect. Um, though I can see it, I actually didn't expect you to say the improv because I thought you know from what from the little bit that I knew. Because for me, it's like, wow, stand-up comedy is awesome. I couldn't do it. I just, I'm good on the couch watching the Netflix special. And that's and this just to bare your soul like that and make people laugh. But then improv just seems like the next, the next level like that, I guess, the, whose line is it anyway kind of falls into that, I guess. Or like, I think we had some improv people come to the show once and I was just, it's amazing to watch, but just that energy and that, don't know where it's gonna go you get off you like that oh i love it i love it 
And but not only that, for me, it's like um, I I like to see where my thoughts are going to take me. Um, and so when I laugh on stage, like I'm genuinely laughing. Like I'm like that's hilarious. So I'm I'm really not trying to make other people laugh. Taking <laughs> <laughs> it self laugh. It's a very selfish moment for me. I'm I'm making myself laugh, and it, hopefully you laugh with me. If not, I'm gonna be okay because <laughs> I'm cracking myself up, and and it shows. And some people like it. And I hope a lot of people like it. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> That's good. No, I, I like I like that selfishness because you because like you said earlier when you're talking about um, falling in love or or like you're you're good with yourself. Like, it just kind of reminds me of that. And it radiates, yeah. Yeah. People can tell when you're having fun, and, and it, it invites them in. And same thing when I met her. I was having fun, dancing, joking, and, you know, I, I can't help but think you felt that. There you go. How long has Rock the Mic Live been going, uh, come to think of it? Mm. What, three years? We're getting close to three. Okay. Um, we started in November of... So yeah, in November, it'll probably be three. Because what, Skip Town just did too? Yeah. We started just before them. So yeah, we're coming up on about three nice. years in November, I think. Where would it be, or where, when we're on the other side of this, where, where would, would people go if they want to attend Rock the Mic Live in person? Yeah, you know, our, our home base is Skip Town Playhouse in East Hollywood. And um, but we are starting to have ideas for how to expand the show, even now towards the latter part of COVID. Mimi's had some ideas of like finding an, an open venue and 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 getting it going again before we because it's a black box theater. So that okay. might be a little tougher to start sure. inviting people back into. Mm-hmm. But um, but that is that's our home base. That's so awesome. shout out to Skip Town Playhouse. Shout out to Skip Town. Um, you actually touched on on something as uh, as uh, we come to to a close here. I don't know where the time went, but this is this has been Mimi Rocky. This has been really really great. <laughs> um, not only just oh, this conversation, you, but he also was seeing like, you guys. I, I think I, we could do an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, uh, what do you? What are you excited to to do next? Um, be it rock the mic live, be it your own individual projects. I, I had helped Mimi out with a project. Uh, earlier or in the summer, I can't wait to see what uh, when that's uh, released into the world. What what, can, what do y'all feel comfortable talking about? Giving us a little taste of what y'all are cooking up. Um, one of the projects is just working on a personal project for myself, and um, it's dealing with um, depression. So I'm looking forward to sharing that. And then um, also, you know, I did the documentary with COVID, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. So that, that, yeah. So I, I have, I, I, I'm waiting to like feel more people because I'm actually filming more. So since okay. months have passed, so I'm still working on that project project right now. And then also, I have two podcasts that I'm producing right now. Is one is one on one with Rocky Cuso, and hey. then the other one is Life with Michelle. So uh, Parks. And so I'm just really excited about those projects right now. And then not just that, but of course, Rock the Mic. Like, that's always the top, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm fine. I'm excited because I'm finally getting to do something what I love to do. Yes. And thank you for the opportunity to let me 
work on and be not only behind the scenes, but it turned out that I, we, my family and I were, were on camera. Right. Spo- spoiler. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so thank you for, for welcoming oh, me to it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. For me, you know, just, I can't wait to be back in front of an audience. You know, it's nothing like a live performance for a comedian. Yeah. Um, but that being said, what I really look forward to is the fact that we're making this more of a business every day okay. and, and, and getting it to where, you know, it'll, it'll monetize itself. And so we, we appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We're, we're just running, we're running more along those lines, making sure that we're building business credit, making sure that, um, you know, equipment's getting insured and we're, mm-hmm. we're able to add more to what we have, which will just free us up to do whatever whim, whatever whims we have moving forward, you know, because we'll, we'll have everything we need, you yeah. know, and, and that's what I've always reminded Mimi, like, even when we had fewer things, it was like, we still have, we still have everything we need to get started. What advice would, would you give to aspiring filmmakers and also Rocky to a, aspiring uh, comedians, people who enjoy seeing people and making people laugh. What, what advice would you guys give them? Um, I would probably say the first thing first is whatever idea you have is to protect it. And that's if you're writing something, um, synopsis or treatment to make sure you um, go to the Writers Guild and you know, um, pay your fee to um, submit it so you have it on record. Um, also, if you're coming up with a show idea, make sure you um, you know you trademark your you trademark your your brand. You know, you make sure that you protect yourself, especially if it if it's something that um, you definitely see going further. Um, I know that people go into meetings in big companies and sometimes it's not the company itself it might be the person that they're presenting it to that might initially might take the idea so as long as you have some type of protection then you know it um if it ever comes out then you can always you know go to court to to um get what's yours that's one of the things i would say and then just to add another piece of advice is i would say Trust your in- instincts as far as far as when it comes to your creativity. Like even when it seems something that other people are not doing, but if you get this idea, like take the chance and go with it. I do believe that our intuition gives us something and and guides us and leads, leads us to do something. And sometimes we second guess it. And then like maybe a year or two later, it comes back. You're like, oh man, I should have knew I had something. I should have done it. Somebody else do it, you know? So I would say like, follow that, that gut and, and listen to it. And even when other people don't believe it, you just got to believe in yourself and still keep pushing it, you know, because there's an audience for everyone. Absolutely. Um, you know, if, if a person's interested in stand up, I would say, you know, identify the comedians that make you laugh and that you like. And then start to figure out what it is that you like about the way they work, right? Are they storytellers? Do they have punchlines? You know, so you, you study it. I can, cons- you know, I consumed a lot of comics. 
Um, the other thing too is like if you're getting started, I say start thinking about it in terms of like stories you would tell friends. Like, oh, there's this funny story I'm gonna tell tell, you know, this group of my group of friends. And, you know, and I treat the audience like my group of friends, like, oh man, let me tell you about this one time when da 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 da. So from that, you know, you get a few of those together and then you can start figuring out how to weave the stories together. You know, if you could, maybe it's a theme, maybe it's, you know, you just find those transitions, like if it's how you grew up and how that relates to now your, Mm -hmm. how you, your life dating, you know, you find those little threads to kind of take people on a journey with you and and to share those moments and experiences and so that's a good way to get started um because most comedians it's like when you're trying to hit the stage you got to kind of start with a you know you want a three minute set a five minute set a 10 minute set 15 minute 30 minute up to an hour so you start working in these increments and um because that's when you're going into a club that's what they're going to want to that's how they're going to measure you. Mm-hmm. So you'll have like these, um, depending on how the show works, they'll either be a booker or they'll be um, an audition. They're going to want to see a tight, what they call a tight three or a tight five, right? You, that you, you start strong and you end strong, you know, you just got a, a, a good little chunk because that's all the time you're going to have when you're up there, you know, you'll, cause you'll get this light that's going to tell you, all right, you got one more minute, wrap it up because there are other comedians following you until you get better. And then you start to get more time and more invites to do more shows. But, you know, you also network with your fellow comedians and you learn from each other. And like, even with Chappelle, Chappelle would, he would go to like open mics Mm -hmm. and then he would go to the weekend shows because he would want to see what is it that this person's doing that's not working that this this person's doing that is working and like figure out yeah that space in between yeah that's that's a good way to get started thank you for that because i'm really hoping that that'll uh that'll help some people out um you guys shared a lot of great stories uh, a lot of great uh advice um how can people follow you guys and your journey especially if they'd like to participate in either your podcast or Rock the Mic Live? Um, Well, they can go to um, Mimi Kuso, M-I-M-I-C-U-S-S-E-A-U-X, or they can go to Rock the Mic Live, R-O-C-K-M-I-C-L-I-V-E, and then... Those are all Instagram. All Instagram, IG, and then you can go to Rocky the Comic. On all your social media. And guys, I'm going to link, as always, I will link all of uh, their social media and everything that we talked about on the website, josiaswispodcast.wordpress.com, where you can just find everything and you right. can follow these guys and uh, you should go on the show because um, I can't wait to see. Uh, I had a great Every time. Every Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific yeah. Standard Time. They can just email us at rockthemiclive at gmail.com and you can... Um, Ask to be on the um, list, and we'll put you on the list, and then you can perform. You got six minutes. <laughs> Do your thing. And it's great, guys. It's it's a lot of fun, and uh, they've really they've really made it their own uh, online. It's, it really didn't. I mean, I wasn't there live 
um, on stage in uh, with you guys, but to me, just your confidence and your energy. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't miss a beat at all. They've just kind of made this their own and uh, nothing's going to stop this train. So <laughs> I, think, I think it's great. So guys, thank you again. Thank you again thank for you. a talk with me. It's good to see you. It's been a while and it was just great to talk <laughs> and swap these stories. I'm really inspired. Um, everyone listening, I hope that you enjoyed this and that uh, you go ahead and follow Mimi and Rocky. And uh, until next time, I'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Peace.